So, just to gauge your interest now, okay? We are now, as we record this, two days away from Shenmue 3. Oh, man. When you say it out loud. How, how oh. does it feel? Does just, how does it feel to be 18 years in the making of waiting for this and it to be two days away? It, it doesn't feel real yet. I don't think it will until it's kind of physically in my hands or at least on my system. You know, this is something that I thought would never happen. Ever. Oh. And the fact that it's been, what, four years since that fabled Sony E3 conference? Yeah. You know, the clock was ticking over and it's like, well, this is, could be waiting wow. years, possibly decades for this thing. We did. We, we, we waited decades. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> literally 18 years since Shenmue 3, sorry, Shenmue 2 launched. Are we, are we now, we're, we're a month and 18 years for release. That's, yeah. <sighs> wow. And it's pretty wild, and I'm very excited. And I will share the excitement on Tuesday. I'm going to play it on Twitch for a bit. People have asked me to play it on Twitch so they can see my reaction to it as it as it unfolds. Good. So I will be there. Sweet, man. I'll play it for an hour or so, a couple hours maybe. Nice. But yeah, that's next week. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing this week first. But before that, um, what's going on with this podcast is a little bit different, a little bit strange. We've had to, to facilitate people's availability. We've had to chop up and dice and edit this podcast in a strange way. So we're recording this this segment right now on a Sunday. The rest of the podcast is pretty much recorded on a previous Thursday. And Greg is in that part of the podcast, but he's not in this part of the podcast. So you'll hear his voice later, but you won't get an introduction for him because he's not here for the introduction, if you get my drift. So Greg is here. He's, he'll be part of the news that's at the end of the podcast. But before that, we're going to do what we've been playing, and there will be a quiz just for you guys listening, because obviously I would win it outright if we were to do it today, because I'm the only one playing. So that's what's going on. Okay, right. So, Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Let's start with Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Jumanji the video game. The game that nobody wanted. The board game that got turned into a video game movie about a video game movie. That's now a video game. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's by Outright Games. They're the guys that basically buy up properties that nobody is really asking for, like Paw Patrol and that kind of stuff. And they, they make games for them. They're normally middling, and Jumanji is no different. It's a four-player game, as you might expect. You can play as Small, uh, Dr. Smolder, Ruby Roundhouse, Jack Black's character... And Mouse, (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Oberon, I think his name is, or her name is, I'm not entirely sure. The characters all look like the the actors from the movies. Uh, They're obviously kind of not, you know, hugely detailed models, but they all do definitely look like them. Apart from Ruby Roundhouse, who just looks like, they they definitely couldn't make women. This was like a step too far. She looks like a generic female. Yeah, and and she (laughs) sounds even worse. Like, (laughs) the voice acting is atrocious. The only one that comes close is Jack Black. Uh, Action-wise, it's it's basically the same level. There's there's five levels, and they all take about 20 minutes. And you can, basically, you start, you have to pick up puzzle pieces in the first part, and then you go through to the next part, which you have to stand next to a statue. And whichever character's got the gem on them has to stand next to the statue to fill up this bar. Then, once you've done that, you go through traps... And then you rinse and repeat that until you get to the end where you find the Jaguar statue and you all have to shout Jumanji. 
which if you watch my kids and I stream this, we actually shouted Jumanji, much to the disgust of all the viewers who laughed straight afterwards because Quinn literally screamed Jumanji into the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, Jumanji, I would only ever recommend this to anybody who's a massive fan of Jumanji. Me on the other hand, I never want to put it back on again. So yeah. yeah. I've also been playing Battle Breakers, <laughs> which... <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Epic have released a new PC game called Battle Breakers. It's a clicking game where you click on the screen and it's a cross with an RPG. And the best thing about it is the fact that it sounds like the Power Rangers theme tune all the time. <laughs> so it's like Battle Breakers. Do, 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 do. It's like, okay, this sounds like the Power Rangers. Otherwise, it's the exact same as every other mobile game, except that this is free and... It's got Fortnite characters in it, unfortunately. Ah, well, there you go. It's not going to be as big as Fortnite then. No, and they, they very, very well blended the terminology from Fortnite into this mobile game. So there is a battle pass in this. And, oh, <laughs> and basically it always is, is like the exact same as Fortnite, only you don't get anything. You get to click on the screen faster, which is just cool. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Thanks, Epic. Yeah. <laughs> I've managed to get a good six or seven hours out of it on breaks from work and stuff without paying anything. So if you do fancy like six hours of entertainment before you have to pay anything, give it a go. I've also been playing the Doctor Who Edge of Time game. Oh, yeah. Tell me all about this. So, yeah, this is the VR game about Doctor Who. And you know what? It's weird. So I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's Doctor Who. That's what it does best. Yeah. I mean, what, what's weird about it is the fact that it's got amazing Doctor Who feel to it. But it doesn't feel like enough care and attention has been given to it, given that it's a Doctor Who game. And the stuff that is Doctor Who, so there there are a mix of Doctor Who classics that you've probably seen on the box. So like the Whipping Angels and the Daleks, fantastic. And they've added some of their own new stuff in there. And what's new doesn't work, technically and narratively. So at one point you land on this planet and you you walk in through this like ditch thing and there's like a, a log above you and you've got this torch, it's pitch black and it's supposed to be like this scary part where you're walking along and like a barrel rolls down a hill and you never see what touches and you're like, oh! Only it would all be scary if it wasn't for the fact that the things that are supposed to be just out of view aren't completely freaking buggy and floating above my my head as they walk in thin air. Uh oh They're supposed to be creaking across logs and stuff, but they just, like, strut above my head. And I'm like, huh, that's not scary. That's... So what's good is really good. What's bad is technically flawed. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, I'd still say it's well worth it because you get a lot of, a lot of Doctor Flu flavour out of it. Doctor Flu flavour. Doctor Who flavour out of Doctor it. Doctor Flu flavour. <laughs> if I ever become a DJ, that's going to be my, my name from now on. <laughs> What's up? It's Doctor Blue Flavor in the house. <laughs> yeah, if, if you like Doctor Who, I mean, I I think you get a right kick out of it. It does lean into like the jump scares a little bit too much. I think I don't. I didn't expect it to be as scary as it probably is, despite the fact that you never feel in peril. It's yeah. Still, still full of jump scares. So you don't play as the Doctor, do you? No. So you, you play as this character who... So the Doctor's been captured at the end of time and she's talking to you through various electronic devices and you basically have to go and find three crystals from three different time spots and space and time and bring them to her so that she can free herself from the end of time, basically. And yeah, it's, gotcha. it's a fun little story and 
you do get to, you know, you, you get this screwdriver and it's like super fun to use. If you do have a PlayStation controller, use that. Don't use the DualShock because the DualShock just is nowhere near as accurate as it needs to be. But yeah, it's sure. it's a real it's a real fun game. Cool. And I'm going to try and stream it, but I don't know how VR streams work. But I'm going to try that maybe tomorrow uh, or today, basically, if you're listening to this podcast. So, yeah. Nice. And then the, the last game I've been playing is Jedi Fallen Order. That little yeah, thing. That, yeah, that game. That's game. Let's talk about that. It's a very good Star Wars game. But also, so <sighs> I love the combat because it feels like Darksiders. It feels like a Soulsborne that isn't trying to kick your ass all the time. It's kind of like, we want you to progress in the game without having to really slog through it. And I love that. And I'll be honest, I started on the, the hardest difficulty and by the first hour, I'd knocked it down to the second from easiest. So there's four different difficulty <laughs> settings that they basically open up the different uh, damage you receive, how much damage you can give out, and the window in which you can parry attacks, which is like essential. <clears throat> it's very secure this this combat it's it's based on like parrying and wearing down a bar of parry to basically damage enemies so the, the combat is is great the the use of star wars licenses is brilliant right from the first hour it's brilliant there's so many rough edges around it that i dislike and but the thing is the longer you play the less you notice them if that makes any sense like in the first hour i'm watching a cutscene. This might be because I'm playing on a bog standard PS4, but like textures are popping up during cutscenes. So like I'll be watching a cutscene and uh, like the entire ship just looks like a white blob, and then all the textures are there. And like loading up, you get a load of like every time you respawn or something, like the textures take ages to pop in. It's there's rough edges, but honestly, it doesn't. It's not game breaking stuff. I've clipped out of the wall once and had to one of these guardian things slammed me. I ended up going outside of the boundary of the game. The only time it's happened, and I'm about eight, nine hours in now. So, yeah. Otherwise, I'm really enjoying it. And I know that you've been playing it too. I have, yes. Hit me with your thoughts. I uh, I like it a lot, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like you say, the license is, is used fully, you know, to its absolute max. It feels like you're in a Star Wars world. Um, I love the level design. It's classic respawn, you know, taking everything they kind of gave to Titanfall 2 and dropping it into a Star Wars universe is ingenious really i love a lot of the platforming sections you know there's a lot of talk of it being very uncharted and things like that but i think it's more tomb raider more shadow of the tomb raider or like the you know the, the more recent tomb raider games and that's what it feels like anyway to me there's a sequence early on where you're controlling the movement of these rotating things with the force and you've got to slow it down in order to jump over and that's just really fun having jedi powers is always fun to to mess around with and i like the character, I think the character of Cal, uh, he's very cool. He's got an interesting story. The story isn't the best. It's a very, you know, bread and butter Star Wars story. It's very generic and straightforward, but it's cool. I love BD-1. BD-1 is awesome. I want my own BD-1, please. If someone can make that happen, that would be awesome. I'm not entirely sure who could do that, but that would be really great. But yeah, it's fine. I have some reservations on it. I have had to knock the difficulty down. It was kicking my ass at the very beginning. <laughs> I... I haven't got a lot of experience in like, the Soulsborne stuff, and so that isn't what I was expecting. And yeah, it was a bit of a wake-up call. But um, yeah, I've had to knock it down, and now I feel like more of a Jedi, which is what I was hoping for from this game. I have found a couple of bugs. I found a game-breaking bug on the way back to my ship on a certain level. I'll try not to spoil it too much, but when you get the after you get the pull force power, where you can just like pull people towards you and stuff, 
on my way back i got caught and i got imprisoned but before that there was a like a small fight that you you have to lose and um i went into a certain area i was kind of surrounded by this big blue hologram area so you can't escape a certain space and i went into it and i came back out and the enemy was gone but i couldn't get out of the ball and so i was just <laughs> stuck in there and there was nothing i could do and so i was like oh shit i'm going to start this over again Fortunately, I had meditated a little bit before that, so I managed to save my uh, save my progress. But yeah, that was annoying. I am getting a bit lost, I'll be honest. I am finding it difficult to navigate these maps. It's not necessarily a bad thing, because the game does like to reward you for exploration. You'll find yourself a crate or something to unlock or something to find you know, in every corner of the map. And it's fun to mess around with them, especially now I've got a few more interesting Jedi powers. Tearing through enemies now is quite simple. It was far more difficult earlier on, but it's a lot easier now. I am finding it hard to navigate, especially... It's almost always at the end of a level. Like when I finish the level, when it's like, we've well, got to get back to your ship, it's like, oh, man, i got to go through all that again. Right, okay. You can't unlock shortcuts on the way towards the place and then move through them on the way back. Finding my bearings has always been a bit tricky, and it does get a bit like, oh, okay, right, here we go. Got to slog through this again. But uh, the maps are huge as well, so it does take time. But yeah, it's fun. I don't like the uh, I don't like the the space animals, these weird creatures that they have on these uh, these planets. Especially one, which is just a big ass spider that can fuck off. And they're a bit annoying. I'd rather just tear through stormtroopers and you know the sisters. But so far, yeah, I mean it's uh, I'd say it's about seven for me at the moment. I'm still not too far into it. I don't think I'm not entirely sure where I am now, but. I'm back on the ship, at least. I'm ready to go somewhere else. But yeah, I like it so far as a whole. I find it quite entertaining, really. And I like... It's always fun being a Jedi, getting out a lightsaber. And I love tinkering with the lightsaber, customizing it. I love that all the cosmetics and stuff that I would say probably two or three years ago, EA would have microtransactioned the fuck out of these things. But I think lessons were learned from Battlefront 2. And so now you run around the map, find cosmetics for your lightsaber and for BD1 and for yourself. Uh, Cal loves a poncho. What is that about? <laughs> He's not the most stylish of guys, is he? Uh, no, it's rather annoying. Uh, so I've ditched the ponchos and I've stuck him into his uh, generic costume that he had at the very beginning of the game. There's a lot of sequences that are very, very cool. Like when you take on the um, the ATST um, at the beginning of Carrick. I want to say Carrick. Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk, sorry, yeah. That whole sequence is awesome. It's just awesome. And... It's, it makes you feel like a real badass. And so those are the moments that I look at Star Wars games for. I want to feel like I am a Jedi and I'm stuck in this world and I have to just take down stormtroopers and navigate terrain in a very kind of Star Warsy kind of way. And that's what it's giving to me. So I'm perfectly happy with it so far. I just wish it wasn't so expansive. I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's not linear in any way. And so you do have to find your own way in the game doesn't really help you there is a hologram map but the map is just infuriating i'm starting to get a little bit more used to it now at first it was very confusing but as i'm moving forward it's it's not too bad it's just maybe it's just me maybe it's just me but yeah navigating the world has become a bit of a chore for me it feels like now but i like i like it yeah i like good i'd agree with you on the on the traversal i'm probably i've not really struggled in finding my way but i have got out of my ship a few times and and gone okay i'm gonna look at my map and find the objective and it is a huge amount of distance away and gone. Huh. Like, I think to myself, like, Tomb Raider had fast travel. God of War had fast travel. These are the games that are in, like, the same vein. If yeah. you could if you could travel to, like, maybe, you know, halfway across. And I understand sometimes that they don't want you to tra- fast travel because something's happened in between. And this is supposed to be, like, a Soulsy, Borny game, so there's not going to be, like, 
you know, skipping half the map. They're going to make you pay for it. So, yeah, it's cool, though. It is cool. Those are just moments. There are moments in it that are just cool. It's like when you finally get the pull the pull uh, force and you can just pull stormtroopers to you and just throw your lightsaber through their chest you know those are the moments i live for absolutely <laughs> it's just fun it never gets old i've been spending far too much time today trying to freeze so wait until the stormtroopers shut at me tried to freeze the bolt in air and then fire it back at them because yeah. there's a trophy for shooting someone with their own uh stormtrooper laser blast you yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know whatever it's called um so i've been trying to do that today and failing miserably but it has been fun knocking a lot of people off platforms <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there was that there was that time where the uh the imperials black robed guys with the purple surge yeah. troopers yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. it was fun they, they drop down and they go it's time to die jedi and i just forced them off the mountain toodles yeah yeah those exactly. those moments are really fun and so it's um it's great. I think it does take itself a bit seriously. I do like the fact that the stormtroopers will talk to you throughout the fight. You know what I mean? Like they don't—they're not just silent NPCs. They're actually—they can conversate with each other, and that's quite entertaining. Yeah, I year we on a conversation about the base commander being really annoyed because somebody left something funny in their office in his office. And I won't spoil it just in case anyone goes in. But I'm like sitting there, like behind them, my lightsaber out, just listening to them giggle to themselves about the base commander being frustrated because something had been left in his office. <laughs> It's just, like these stormtroopers have some pretty humorous conversations. They do, yeah. It's always great when you're in the middle of like seven or eight of them, and they go, "Oh, guys, we can take this easily." And then one's left, and is like, "Wait, it's just me? It's just me left?" <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's cool. It's those little moments that make it quite fun. There was one this conversation where you got a surge trooper and a, and a stormtrooper, and they're standing a long way away, but you can hear the conversation. And the surge trooper's like, "It's a Jedi." They, they say it's a Jedi, and the stormtrooper's like, "No, no, there's no way." And um, then. He's, the surgery was like, well, if it is a Jedi, just reckon we'll survive. And he was like, yeah, I'll take down a Jedi. And then I did like a running strike and killed him first. Just like, suck on it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times. Good times. Me and Cal, best buds. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, how are you? Um, I, I guess you're a lot further than I am now at this point. Are you finding it? Does it get more? I don't know. Nah, probably spoilery, but. I, I love the story. If that's what you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, what I'm doing, what I'm finding at the moment, there's a lot of back and forth like i've done the same planet twice now yes i kind of without spoiling it basically once you're past the first planet you could go to whatever planet you want in whatever order and it's kind of like a metroidvania that every time you get a new skill you can only go a bit further on every planet so yeah the first planet is great and linear enough to, so that you can't really get lost after that yeah it does start to get backtracky where you end up going back and forth but i think the first time i went to Sappho, i took a wrong turn and went down instead of back to the ship and ended up opening up a load of shortcuts that I shouldn't have had otherwise. So uh, so I ended up I ended up getting back a lot quicker than I probably should have done. And if I'd have followed like the natural progression of things. But I found that a couple of times now where I've I've just kind of gone, you know, I've gone, okay, well I'm just gonna go where my eye takes me, not where the map sends me. And I end up like, you know, stumbling into secrets and stuff and then then a dead end. But while I'm doing it, I'm unlocking stuff that i shouldn't have done so I'm, I'm spending too much time on every planet and it's kind of making it better probably for my later game like runs i went to dathomir another planet uh that i'm I, just just the inclusion of that planet is like so i, I went mad for the clone wars tv show i don't know if you ever watched it 
Did no. you ever watch? No, but that planet is heavily featured in a couple of the. I think it's the first like two seasons, and just the fact that you go there is just like a huge nod to Star Wars fans. It's just a freaking amazing idea to to, to go back there is in a series, and I'm just like blown away. I went there when I had no objective there, and I just farted around for like two hours because <laughs> just because <laughs> it was definitely yeah, why not? You know, it was so really cool and. Um, I got to a dead end. There was there was nowhere for else for me to go. So now I went to where I was supposed to go, and now I've got the pool, and now I've gone back to Dathomir, and, and you know it's I've got shortcuts already set up. So I think it's it's one of these games that just kind of rewards you just going and just doing whatever the hell you want. Like following the maps yeah. and everything's cool, but it does feel like sometimes you just got to go and have a wander. That's when sometimes it feels like it's at its best. It's like mm. when you just okay, I'm exploring now. I'm you know I'm not on this time sensitive quest, which is a bit weird, you know, seeing as though like you're always meditating and resting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The thing but, about the um, meditation is, I know this has got a common thing in uh, in Soulsborne games, but the hill. Oh yeah, you can regain your health and your force. But all of the enemies you just killed are back now. And that's quite a new thing to me. I didn't know that was a thing. And it's it's made it quite tactical for me. Because I'm like, well, I can probably survive on these canisters that I've got. And I really need to up my health. But if I have to go through that area again, I'm going to take on a lot of stormtroopers again. Yeah. I don't know if you're having the same thing. but I'm kind of resting sometimes. So I'll, I'll go through like a handful of stormtroopers. And if I've really botched it up. I'll go back, I'll rest and save my game and then I'll try it again. And I kind of like the fact that, you know, you're not just there isn't like a finite of, uh, amount of XP in the game that you have to kill all the characters, you know, all the stormtroopers or whatever just to get all your abilities. I think it rewards you from like, it's okay if you make a mistake because you can rest. And it's it, compared to all the rest of the Soulsborne games, especially this, I don't know if this has been any, any of the, the Soulsborne games, but if an enemy completely destroys you, so basically if you run out of health and you die, you can go back to the same guy, attack them, and as soon as you deal health to them, you get all your XP, all your force, and all your life back, which is like a really yeah. smart a smart thing. Like I don't know if that's been in any of the Soulsborne games before, but that felt genuinely like refreshing. Okay, this is the guy. This is my nemesis now. And let's face it, on Zapho, it's the big fucking frog. But <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody's fighting that fucking frog. So <laughs> the early game, you just like keep going back and back and back. And, you know, it, it makes this like nemesis. It, it, I mean, it might not have been designed right that way, but that's the way I feel it now. Like if somebody takes me out, I'm like, I am coming for you. And they're like <laughs> highlighted in like peach. And I'm just like gunning just for that one person now. That's cool. Have you been playing anything else? I mean, no, not really. I'm currently level 140 on Fortnite. Wait, you can go past 100 this time? Oh, mate, there's an end game. What? What's the end game then? Not much. <laughs> um, <laughs> the end game is once you get the the fusion skin, yeah, it unlocks a load of fusion missions. Right, and these missions are nothing different than what you get in the weekly missions. It's you know, right, kill okay. kill five, eliminate five people with a pistol. You know, those sort of okay. things. But yeah, I mean, they're still doing supercharged weekends and stuff, and they're they're adding the the weekly missions, and that's what's keeping me playing because I want to see them through to the end. You know. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's been pretty much it. I've been hitting Star Wars pretty hard this weekend. Good man. I need to find that double lightsaber. You haven't found it yet? No. Oh, okay. I will tell you where it is, uh, if you want me to, after this. It's on Bogano, isn't it? No. I think there's an option to get it on Bogano. I think I read that somewhere. Oh, okay. Is it on Dathomir? It's definitely on Dathomir. Yeah, I'm not going there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you will die. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel ready for that yet. Okay. I'll find alternative routes. Oh man. Good old Jellyphone in order. 
I need to get it done because after Tuesday, I'm out. You know. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair I'm enough. Not, I'm not. I'm gonna obviously. I, I want to see it through to the end because I'm enjoying it an awful lot. So that's uh, our thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order. Paul's been playing it as well, so I'm sure once he ever comes back on the podcast, we can get his thoughts on it as well. He's also playing Terminator Resistance right now. Ooh. So <laughs> we shall see how that goes. Hopefully uh, we'll get him on the gas to find out what he thinks of that. That's been going very well in the uh, the old reviews. <laughs> it's tough. Not really. <laughs> this game yes. landed on probably the biggest uh, release day of the year to no promotion. And yeah. Good luck Maybe. to them, I say. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll get an update from Greg on uh, Death Stranding as well. Right then, it is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Well, thank you very much for that introduction, and welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week's quiz is entirely for you guys. I think Roscoe could probably have a guess if he wants to, but he won't be going on his his win record if he manages to get all of them right, which will be a major shame. So this one is just for you guys. If you've never played this before, uh, basically I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and this week it is all about characters. So we've done this before. I'm going to read you the name of three characters from a series, and I want to know the series name. And let us know how you get on. We'll give you the answers towards the end of the podcast. Hit us up on social media to tell us if you got 10 out of 10. And I will reward you with a special prize of self-satisfaction. So let's kick this off with question one. Joseph Capelli, Rachel Parker, and Nathan Hale. Question one. Joseph Capelli, Rachel Parker, and Nathan Hale. Question two. Morrigan, Iron Ball, and Cassandra Pendergast. Question two. Morrigan, Iron Ball, and Cassandra Pendergast. Question three. Helga von Schabs, Caroline Becker, and BJ Blaschkowitz. Question three. Helga von Schabs, Caroline Becker, and BJ Blaschkowitz. Uh, BJ. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That was that question was entirely designed for Greg. <laughs> as soon as you hear that. Um, question four Cutman, Gutsman, and Iceman. So, question four Cutsman, Gutsman, and Iceman. Question five Bo Racho, Devora, and Kitana. Question five Bo Racho. Devora and Kitana. Question six. 
Linkle, Azura, and Ganon. Question six, Linkle, Majora, and Ganon. Question seven. I know that one. I know you know that one. That one that one was in there for specifically for you to answer. Oh. <laughs> I tried to put questions in for your all answer, but you know. Question seven. Zeus, Balder, and Deimos. So question seven. Zeus, Balder, and Deimos. Question eight. Ripto, Nasty Nork, and Sparks the Dragonfly. So question eight is Ripto, Nasty Nork, and Sparks the Dragonfly. Question nine. Mr. Zircon, Dr. Nefarious, and Chairman Drek. Question 9. Mr. Zircon, Dr. Nefarious, and Chairman Drek. Finally, question 10. Julius Little, Troy, and Johnny Gat. Question 10. Julius Little, Troy, and Johnny Gat. So that was all 10 questions. Well, I thank you very much, John. It's an absolute pleasure. I don't think I would have done very well on that one. We're going to crack straight on with the news. First up, Google Stadia, you may not realize, is out on Tuesday. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday, that's tomorrow. And it's pretty wild because where the hell is it? Why is there no promotion for this thing? What is going on with this? The list of launch games have been revealed and there's one exclusive that guilt. And, yeah yeah guilt, guilt looks pretty rad but is it worth shedding 120 pounds for the thing there's been a lot of talk this week on the features of stadia there was a very interesting uh, reddit ama uh, with the guys at stadia earlier this week and let's just say it didn't go very well so stadia what is going on sean have you got any thoughts did you read the reddit ama yes i did i went through the reddit ama this isn't ready to launch this this feels like they're trying to get it out before XCloud, and you know they're, they're trying to get it out before Christmas. It's not ready. There, there's an achievement system, but you won't be able to see the achievements until a few months after launch. You will be able to unlock them in the game, but you won't be able to actually see them. You can't buy games from the actual service. You need a phone to buy games. What? There's yeah, so many. There's so many things wrong with this right now that they are launching. What fucks me off about this is the fact that they called it the Founders Edition. They've got people to buy in to get an exclusively coloured, you know, controller. They've got there's major shipping issues that like they've they've offered one of the guys on the 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 AMA from Google offered to hand deliver some to people who were close to the Google HQ. That's how fucked up the shipping is, and. We, it, it's just not ready. You cannot launch a system like this without at least some games to want to buy. And you know the, the two games that are launching that would would 
maybe sell you on it, it would be the fact that Grid Motorsport has a 40-car race, which couldn't be done on any other hardware, according to the developers, and Guilt, which is like, it looks like a cool game, but also it's, it's just, it's not, it's not ready for launch. This, this series is dead on arrival. Unless, and this is the massive unless, unless basically when this goes live, the entirety of Google pushes it on everything you search for. So if you search search for a game, the first search result is, hey, guess what? That's on Google Stadia. Would you like to launch that now? That's the only way this works. And it's a massive tool for Google. And if they do that, it's going to be fucking irritating as hell. But also, that is the only way they're going to entice customers to this at launch. You know, people who've already got pre-ordered, fair enough, you know, you're on board and you're going to get treated like shit for two months while they try and sort this out. But, you know, everyone else, they're not going to go for this. It's not good. It is not good. Sean, I agree completely. Um, I did have a pre-order for Stadia for a while. Uh, I got the Founders Edition, you know, day one, as soon as it was available. I was curious to see how it would go. Google were throwing up some lofty promises, and I was excited to see where they would go. And the longer the months ran on, and they were so quiet still, and I think I cancelled it maybe three or four days before they announced the release date. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's a real worry. There's just nothing to back this up at the moment. You know, there's all the features that Stadia can be. And, you know, they will, if Stadia, if sorry, if Google stick with it, then it is going to be a pretty exciting service. But all these features are so far down the line that it didn't seem worth jumping on straight away. And the Founders Edition is, you know, is is cool, I guess. There's no announcement on you get destiny 2 with it the whole destiny 2 package but then you get one free game for the next three months but you don't know what they are there was no announcement they don't know no way of like knowing what you're actually paying for and so yeah i I ditched it and it doesn't seem to be anything that's really worth getting excited about yet until until at least a year from now when all these features are implemented and that ama i don't think did them any favors you know, it was, when is this coming? When is this coming? Oh, it's coming next year. Oh, it's coming down the line. Oh, it's coming eventually. You know, there was nothing really that made it worth checking out at launch. And it may be a really smooth launch. It may work perfectly. Again, it's one of those things where we keep saying there's no way of knowing how it's going to work until you have it in your house. You know, there's no way of testing this thing until it's there. And, you know, I got excited about it. I was probably caught up in the uh, the hype. And, yeah, I pushed it down straight away. But yeah, 120 pounds was a lot for something that is currently somewhat untested, and especially this time of year, you know, I can't be spending 120 pounds on myself. That's just craziness. So it had to go, unfortunately. Do you know anyone in your gaming circles that are still excited about it? Is still have a, uh, a kind of a positive outlook on it? I'll be honest with you, I don't know a single other person, probably from us within my gaming circle, that actually knows what it is. Nah, same. It, they've really just not bothered publicizing it at all. Um, maybe that's because they want it to be a very easy launch. You know, 10,000 people playing you know, 20-odd games. Nice. We can get this, get the series up and running, whatever. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want a low-key launch and then advertise it when they start to ramp it up. Maybe that's the case. But, like, nobody I know knows what Google Stadia is. Not a single bean as talk has been had about it. It's weird. Um, yeah, but that's interesting. I mean, there's no 
There's no buzz about it. Why is there no advertising? This is Google. They, they, if they wanted to, they could push Stadia in front of everyone. There could be TV adverts, every other TV advert, every billboard, every magazine could have a Stadia advert. And yet it's, it's nowhere to be seen. Do you think there's a possibility that Google are probably launching a bit too early? And they, they seem quite aware of it. Oh, for sure. For sure. They, this is like paying to beta test. This is a lot of people paying to beta test a new streaming service. And, you know, fair play to Google. I don't know many people that would pay this amount of money to to, to, to demo uh, a part functioning service. You know, they've done a really good job of, of making a beta look cool. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it, is, it is way too early for this service. And, you know, you look at the way that Xbox are doing it and they're rolling it out in, you know, with xCloud. They're rolling it out in phases, different countries, they're sending out, you know, uh, invites in in different stages so that they don't get completely flooded with new people. That makes a lot more sense than than what Google have done. They've tried to go on for the tradition, like the whole, you know, big console launch, but for a streaming service, and just totally botched the fucking job. They screwed the pooch. Yeah, yeah, it's a real disappointment, really. And you sort of get the feeling that Microsoft tonight were kind of kicking the beehive a little bit. You know, they're fully aware that they have a much better service, and they're just they're raining it down on Google right now. Oh, for sure. Like, the, 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 I don't think it was coincidental that this, this whole thing got a massive push and there was quite a lot of xCloud talk. I don't, I don't think it was coincidental that it's, like, very close to Google Stadia and they're like, hey, well, guess what? You know, next year, you know, when Google Stadia becomes a usable service for your one exclusive game, you know, <laughs> you, you, you'll have Xbox Games Pass with xCloud. And it's like, why the fuck am I paying for Google Stadia? Why would anybody at this point, unless you are big into Google? It's, I don't want to meet the kind of people that are big into Google. It's the same kind of people that are big into Apple. Just, you know, different yeah. circle. Yeah. One of, one of my old bosses used to have an Apple belt buckle. He'd replaced all the badges on his car with Apple badges. Everything in his house. He had an Apple, one of them Apple alarm clocks that cost more than my car. Well, definitely more than my car currently. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to live and breathe Apple. You know, those those people exist for Google. You know, they they've got the the Google tattoo somewhere, <laughs> one of the, on their ass. With the one of the O's is the asshole. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh no! That's something I want scrubbed from my brain. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck, Google. I mean, their biggest mistake was that they're launching on the same day as Shenmue Three. Let's be honest, because that thing is a that thing is a behemoth, and it's going to take over the world. Am I right, guys? High five. What's a Shenmue? Oh. Tumbleweed. God damn is that the audience that's going to get, is it? Kickstarter oh. Tumbleweed. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> let me let me be excited. You can be excited. Thanks, Go man. on, then. Oh, it's so You've close earned now. it. It's so close. Right, then let's move on to the biggest news story of the week. Sonic the Hedgehog is normal again, ladies and gentlemen. A while back on the podcast, we did discuss the somewhat interesting design that the makers of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie had chosen for our favorite fast blue hedgehog. Safe to say, the response was not great, and so they went back to the drawing board, completely redesigned Sonic, and delayed the movie by three months. This week, they revealed the trailer for the movie with the new designed Sonic, and it went rather well. Sonic looks a bit more like Sonic now, and that's a bit exciting. Greg, did you see the trailer? Are you excited now? Is it going to be the best movie ever made? I did see it, and I am excited. Yeah, I was very, very critical the first time around and went, this is shit. But now uh, 
I'm preparing to eat my words because it actually looks really good. And not just the Sonic design either. Really impressed with uh, Jim Carrey's turn as Robotnik. That bit with the uh, the dancing and the coffee, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to try and ruin his punchline. But if you haven't seen the trailer, go do so because it looks hilarious. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm now precariously on board. Wow. Mm. I know. I what, a, what a switch. Crazy. Sean, are you excited for Sonic the Hedgehog in the movie? I always was. You know this. Uh, of course you were. Uh, do you know what? One, <laughs> one weird thing that, like, once you put this new Sonic right next to the old Sonic, you really, really realise like how original Sonic looks nothing like a fucking hedgehog. Oh, what a blue one does. Well, no, like, like if you look at the blue one and you turn that brown, you've got a hedgehog's face with human teeth, which is weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it looks more hedgehoggy and. Having them side by side, I kind of understood what they were going for now. It's a hedgehog in our world. So it's going to look like a hedgehog. And everyone went, yeah, but Sonic doesn't look like a fucking hedgehog. So <laughs> in, the exact, <laughs> in the exact same kind of cynicism that I just, uh, I just projected. Yeah. And then they've gone back and done it. And I'm quite glad that this week, so do you know when we were talking about it, you know, whatever, they were like weeks back, months back now maybe, that we were talking about how maybe it was like some cunning marketing ploy to say we changed it for the fans and they they didn't actually intend to go with that original design. Well, that's kind of been really squashed this week because mm. obviously the the guy the guy from Sonic Mania got involved to design this new Sonic and yeah. he what you mean the the guy that single handedly saved the Sonic franchise? Yes, twice. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> this guy is basically uh, John McClane at this point. You know, he's <laughs> just steps in every so often into shitty situations and just saves the day. But yeah, he's he, he he's come out and said it was you know partially my design. Some of the artists have come out and said, "Hey, guess what? You know, like yeah, we really fucking crunched on this." Um, we would like some, like maybe a pat on the back. So you know, please go, please go and watch the film that we've changed for you people. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so. All those death threats made me see that the Sonic was wrong. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that it looks good. My kids enjoyed the trailer, and I was never not going to see it because it was either going to be a car crash or awesome, and now it feels like it's going to be pretty cool. So yeah. On board. Yeah, it's gonna yourself? be it's gonna be a fun time, isn't it? The design was a bugbear for me, but I wasn't so angry with it that I was gonna tell you know the filmmakers what to do. Do you know what I mean? Someone's, uh, like... someone's already made an hour long clip. You know when he goes off to see the rubber band ball and comes back, mm. and he's got the paddle board just going. Someone's already made an hour long clip of that. Oh man, I know that was a good moment. The trailer was just overall as well, aside from the, the Sonic design, was just a better did, trailer. Did you notice the little um like the little Easter eggs and references and stuff like that? Like him balancing on a ledge. I, I didn't notice it myself until I had it pointed oh, out I to did. me. Yeah, there's there's one bit I think he's in a hotel room and he's zipping round and he stands on a ledge and does his little precarious ledge oh, balance no. animation. Yeah yeah. You're gonna you're gonna watch that again now and try and spot it, aren't you? I am. Yes, yes hey. I am. I'm just it's just a fun trailer and you're right. Jim Carrey being doing, you know, Jim Carrey is yeah. massive uh, draw for this thing. That yeah, coffee joke, you're much, right, was just yeah, had me rolling. Very much, well, very like less mask, but more sort of liar liar Jim Carrey, isn't it? So like yeah. normal, normal silly performance, and then just roundabout bursts. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna yeah. be good. Yeah, it's gonna be. I don't think the film's gonna be anything spectacular. Well, it's but still gonna think... win an Oscar, but 
It'll be a fun time. It's going to be an Angry Birds. Well, can't believe I just compared Sonic to Angry Birds like the Angry Birds came first. But uh, if an Angry Birds film can do quite well, then I'm sure a Sonic one can do for adults and kids. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. And it comes out on Valentine's Day, so you can take your significant others to it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Katie will love it. Uh, yeah, but you got to remember, Sean's got significant other plus five. I, Not I, significant I... others, I mean kids. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a harem in Stoke. I, I realised that as I said it. I'm I'm very much looking forward to taking all of my kids plus the wife to the showing on Valentine's Day, and there's going to be loads of couples there getting ready to smooch their way through the Blue Hot Jakes movie. Yeah, and my that's kids what people are... do in the cinema. They smooch. Okay. I used to work at the Odeon, and people do a lot more than that. I don't. When you have I don't to go and interrupt this. them, that's the weirdest thing in the world. Too much information. Yeah. Well, I had to bloody stop people from doing it. You just sort of walk in there in the dark and go, yeah, we're not you doing. Can you um stop? Did you uh, did you stop or did you watch? Yeah, we turned the house fast <laughs> on just to embarrass them. <laughs> but did you finish, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy going, don't mind me. <laughs> um, if you see a red light pointing back at you, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't worry. You keep filming that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this <sighs> uh, maybe maybe they send people in as a distraction the person that's recording the film I never thought of that uh, see so yeah, they're just actors <laughs> yeah, after all that uh, well then there we go finger guns are excited about the Son of the Hedgehog movie that's good that's good it's rare that we all get excited about the same thing isn't it very maybe we should go as a team day <laughs> all of us together yeah I'll bring all the kids you know yeah finger finger valentines wait oh. no <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, God. Right, should we move on? Yes. Pokemon Sword and Shield is out tomorrow, or it's already out if you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so it launches in around about 53 minutes' time. Uh, the reviews so far have been pretty favorable, and yeah, it's all looking pretty rosy, except, of course, for the Nintendo hardcore strange people who have decided that Game Freak, the developers, have lied about the game and Game Freak said that they were using all new assets in, in the game in order to facilitate a new design style, which they have for this particular uh, Pokemon generation. Uh, it turns out that they've used, uh, they've reused assets from previous games, which means, of course, that everyone has gone absolutely batshit crazy and the internet has just melted down into a boiling point to such a degree that I hate everyone and everything. And I'm going to get Sean to describe it for me because this is not good. Game Freak don't deserve this, right? Absolutely not. Yes. This, if you're one of these people on the internet getting mad about people use, reusing the wireframe from a 3DS to the Switch, not the textures because they've been changed, not the lighting, that's been changed, not the rigging, that's been changed. Some of the wireframes have been up-polyed so they're a bit more rounder, like the Pikachu one that's done the rounds. That's been changed. It might look the same, but it's different. Now... If you're one of the people that's out there giving death threats to people because they said, you know, we haven't put uh, 200 Pokemon in the game because it'd be too much work to get this game out, then go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself into the ground. You don't deserve the game. Because it comes out and it's getting 9 out of 10 reviews and you're there bitching about the fact that they don't look entirely different from the last game and you need to go and fuck off because it makes no fucking sense. Every fucking game franchise reuses assets. This is no different. They get They look entirely different in the game because they've redone all of the artwork and I've spoken to a couple of developers that's a lot of fucking work, that isn't 10 minutes job, you know, they have to redo the skin, 
attach it, make sure it looks right. It's it's a massive fucking job. It's days work per Pokemon per person minimum. And you know they they've done two versions of each one, a normal and a shiny. And if you think this is something that they can like whip up in five minutes, you need to just reassess yourself and then fuck off. Because honestly, I understand if you feel like you were lied to and you really wanted the National Pokedex, but unfortunately, you're not getting it. And if you think that they could quite easily, you know, use all the assets from the old game and bring it across, why isn't the whole Pokedex there? Your logic makes no fucking sense. Now, fuck off. That was a proper northern rain. Sorry, I I quit Twitter this week because of this. I could not take any more of it because people don't deserve the hard work of others. And when when you look at what, what people are getting excited about was you know what what the people were getting ragey about was the fact that they reused the wireframe and then you look at the you look at the character models and they look entirely different and you can see the work that's gone into them and then you've got a video showing you have to fucking zoom in to see light clipping you have to really mm. focus to see a character pop in in the distance it's like what what game on a nintendo switch that's got an open world in 3d doesn't have pop in the fucking Breath of the Wild has popping. Mm. There what was you... a there was a great tweet from um, at Dan two hundred Daniel Radcliffe, not that one. I want to stress um, that was re- retweeted by uh, Mr. Mike Bithell. Game dev tip: If you have to pause the game, zoom in four hundred percent, and draw a red circle around an issue before you notice it, you don't get to describe it as insane. Perfect. And that was that was the the thing that kicked all this off was that that zoom in to a shadow that didn't look quite right when zoomed in 400 percent yeah i i i got i got some hate from the these guys i tweeted so this guy had put together a video of 95 problems wrong with pokemon sword and shield with video evidence and i started looking through thinking okay these are all absolute non-issues you know if if this is if this is what you're so my tweet was basically this one guy here's 95 problems with Pokemon Sword and Shield, the actual target demographic just wants to see fat Pikachu. Like, they don't give a shit about <laughs> clipping in the lights. You know, they just want to see the giant fucking Pikachu. And they dogpiled me. I quit Twitter. And you, you just, you need to get reassess your fucking life. If, if it's a game about catching and fighting monsters, it's never been a graphically, you know, supreme series. It's always been it's a series that hasn't pushed the boundaries with hardware. It's more been, been about gameplay and balance. And making sure that you know you have this weird fantasy about c- catching animals and making them fight, fine. But don't go fucking mad at them. That this new generation reuses assets and and does a really fucking good job of it. Fucking, ugh. sorry. That's well, okay, man. Just think of the Sonic movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the good stuff. That's yeah. the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a hellish thing. I mean, I imagine Pokemon Sword and Shield is still going to sell a metric fuck ton tomorrow morning, right? I have two copies in my kitchen right now. Nice. There's going to be kids out there that are the main audience for this game that will not give two flying fucks about anything that they're complaining about. And the crux of this is, you know, the wily internet is not the majority. It never will be the majority. Pokemon Sword and Shield is still going to sell absolutely tons. It's come out this time of year for a reason. It's going to be massive. None of this is going to change anything. And that's what makes it so annoying is that it's just so completely pointless and ultimately very unfair on those who have made the game. Yeah, I, I can't remember who, who tweeted it out, but they said, 
I it might have been Mike Bethel himself. Oh no, actually it was um Raimi Ishmael who said I really hope that this backlash basically forces Game Freak to go, okay, instead of doing mainline Pokemon games, we'll just do Pokemon Go because it makes more money. Hmm. And they, they might, you know. Yeah, why not? Why put themselves through this? You know, there's been a couple of devs that come out and they've showed the death threats over fucking reusing of assets. What? It's fucking embarrassing. Gaming is embarrassing some days. It is. You just don't want to, like, get a take all my t-shirts out and bury them in the back garden in a suitcase <laughs> until it becomes cool to be a gamer again. You're going to have to cover up your Street Fighter tattoos, Greg. Oh. <laughs> get gaming super uncool again because the nerds got angry about Pokemon. Greg, have you got any uh, final thoughts on this? I hate Pokemon and the fan base that comes with it. All right, now it's time for the quiz answers with Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the quiz answers. Okay, good luck to you all. And I'm going to ask Roscoe for any guesses that he's got, but he won't be winning this week. So let's, let's, <laughs> kick, the, <laughs> let's, let's kick it off with uh, question one. Joseph Capelli, Rachel Parker, and Nathan Hale. Roscoe, what would you have gone with this one then? Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, as- uh, the, uh, the actual answer is Resistance. Oh, so Joseph Capelli, Rachel Parker, and Nathan Hale—they're all characters from the Resistance series. Yeah, there hasn't been a Resistance on PS4, so yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, question two: Morrigan, Iron Bull, and Cassandra Pentagast. Would you have a punt at this, Roscoe? Cool spot. So close. Ah, oh. it's actually Dragon Age. Oh man. <laughs> oh, that's so similar. <laughs> Question three: Helga von Shabs, Caroline Becker, and B.J. Blaschkowitz. You know this one, surely. It's Wolfenstein. That is correct, Wolfenstein. Yay! Question four was Cutman, Gutsman, and Iceman. <laughs> Roscoe, have you got a guess on this one? Is it Super Meat Boy? It isn't Super Meat Boy. Uh, these are all bosses from Mega Man. Oh, of course they are. Fucking hell. Such Greg bias. <laughs> he isn't even here. <laughs> Question five. Bo Ray Cho, Devorah, and Kitana. They were from Mortal Kombat. Uh, such, Question such six. Greg bias. Greg bias again. <laughs> People think I'm joking, but listen to this. Okay. Question six. Lenkel, Majora, and Ganon. Ross, what's that one? Uh, that's Legend of Zelda. Such Ross bias. Oh, Such frost bias. Disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the Legend of Zelda. Question seven. Zeus, Balder, and Deimos. Uh, Ross, any, any guesses on that one? Oh, I don't know. The way this is going, it's probably Resident Evil 2 or something, isn't it? It's actually God of War. Oh, oh I played that as well. That makes yeah. sense. Zeus, yeah. yeah okay. Makes sense. Logic. Question, question eight. Ripto, Nasty Nork, and Sparks the Dragon, Dragonfly. Any, any guesses on that one? Spyro? Spyro is correct. Yeah. Dragonfly helps. Yeah. Question nine. Mr. Zircon, Dr. Nefarious, and Chairman Drac. Any guesses on that one? I know this, but it's not It's not coming to me. It's Ratchet and Clank. Ah, of course it is. Bloody Ratchet. Bloody Crank. Clank. <laughs> it's Mank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And question 10, Julius Little, Troy, and Johnny Gat. You know that one, don't you? 
the old Saints Row. That is correct, Saints Row. Those were the answers for this week's quiz. Please do get in touch with us if you did partake in the quiz and let us know how many you got out of 10. And let us know if you'd have beaten Roscoe's poultry 4 out of 10. God, that's awful. If only anybody else would have turned up, they could have wiped the floor with you. They really could have. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure, as always. Do let us know how you got on on this week's quiz. Right then, let's move on to Out This Week. And Out This Week, November the 19th, Football Manager 2020 is landing on PC, along with the Unicorn Princess on Nintendo Switch, which is currently available on PS4. And I'm amazed that Sean hasn't bought it yet, to be honest, because that looks like his kind of jam. You know it's coming. Something nonsensical that no one else plays. Sean is going to love it. What have you been playing, Sean? I've been playing Unicorn Princess, Game of the Year. Absolutely. Bring it on. Gollum is coming to PS4 on the 19th, the VR game. I believe it has VR, I don't think it's a VR exclusive game, but it has VR modes. Um, also looks pretty awesome. Narcos, Rise of the Cartels is coming to PS4, PC, and Xbox One on the 19th, as is Bubble Bubble for Friends coming to Nintendo Switch. Oh, and there's a game called Shenmue 3 that's coming out on PS4 and PC on November the 19th. No way. Finally. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Who knew? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Who knows? Um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway, November the 19th, still there for PS, PC and Switch is coming out. That looks really cool. Uh, Demo Reborn is coming to PS4. Farmer's Dynasty, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Asterix and Obelix, Double XL on PS4, PC, Xbox One. And Nintendo Switch is coming out on November the 21st. That game is £45. It's got to be one of the best games ever, surely. It's a uh, massive disc. Yeah. Thief of Thieves Season 1 is coming out on November 21st onto Nintendo Switch. Um, always heard good things about that. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty it, rare. It did look good, yeah. Civilization 6 is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on November 22nd. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts is on November 22nd. Bloody hell, that's come around, isn't it? Mm. PS4, Xbox One, and PS4. Lost Ember is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, November 22nd. And that's it for this week. Not a bad week at all. Oh, very exciting stuff. So that is the end of the podcast. This one has been jam-packed. You can, of course, find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts now, and, of course, podbean.com. Do not forget to have a nose and get, get subscribing, get following. Leave some reviews. Let, let the world know about the might and the wonder that is the Finger Guns podcast. Until next time, I've been Roscoe. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Good night, everyone. And yeah, thanks very much indeed for listening. We're all off to play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Because Star Wars. Nice. Uh... You understood the reference? Did you get the reference? You got the reference. Did. Yeah. Cool. If you can, if you can possibly find one of those recorder, really bad recorder versions of the Star Wars theme, that'd be great as the outro this week.